The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly being presented in part by AlignMed. By Source, by Athletico Physical Therapy, by ATI Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by Karen Mulkin Health Consulting, by Integrated Orthopedics, and by Medwest. I'll soon be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, co-head team physician of the Chicago White Sox, and sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Back to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. And the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I looked forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT. Reading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, Ellosource helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about Ellosource or Ellografts, please visit ellosource.org. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of djoglobal.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. And we're back on Sports Medicine Weekly. You can follow us on Twitter at SMW Home. We have a Facebook page as well. And net proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. I'm Steve Cashel. With Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph this week, subbing for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Chuck is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. So, Dr. Chuck, where is medicine going? Next three, five years, we hear about stem cells and PRP, and I'm learning a lot from you and Dr. Cole on this show, but uh, give me your take on it. You know, Steve, I would say for the last 20 years, orthopedics in general, and specifically even in sports medicine, we had basically focused on mechanical treatments, you know, replacing ligaments or putting fractures back together or finding more efficient ways of doing that. But I hate to say it, I think we're kind of coming to a limit of our mechanical treatments of patients. And and we're thankfully uh, entering the biology era uh, because we're really, that's where medicine is going. That's certainly where orthopedics is going. Uh, we're finding new and innovative ways 
to harvest the, harvest the potential of the body and the potential of the cell for both healing response, injury response, and actually elevating performance. And so there's more and more research going into the biologic side of orthopedics than ever before. Well, let's bring on our next guest, um, Dr. Nicole Earhart. She is the professor of surgical oncology at Colorado State University. When I say that, what jumps to, what jumps to uh, your mind? Well, I, I, in Colorado State University, is probably the most foremost uh, veterinary research uh, facility in the country. You know, they're world-renowned for the, for the quality and depth and uh, uh, type of research that they're doing to really advance the science of uh, injury, recovery, and treatment. So. We're honored to have her. Yes, and uh, she's looking forward to discussing with us uh, her work and how her stem cell research is impacting lives. So, Dr. Earhart, thanks so much for joining us here on uh, on Sports uh, Medicine Weekly. We'll lead off with this. Can you tell us a little about your research with stem cells and why they are important? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I wanted to let you know, yes, yeah, so stem cells are, are cells that we have, we all have within our bodies that are important for tissue repair. And um, they first arise in our bodies when we're embryos. And they have the ability to develop into every different tissue we need to become a fully formed human being. But those types of stem cells are known as embryonic stem cells. And what most people don't realize is that as adults, we also have stem cells, and those are known as adult stem cells, and they act as our sort of internal repair system. And when we're injured, the stem cells are an important part of how we heal and how we regenerate tissue. And they differ from other cells in our body in that they're capable of long-term renewal, whereas other cells in our body only have a limited number of times they can divide, and that is why we age and we eventually die. Stem cells can go on dividing for much, much longer, and they can turn into not just one tissue but many different kinds of tissue. And so adult stem cells have become really important in medicine for a number of different reasons. For one, understanding stem cells and how they function in the adult body help us understand how the body heals itself and what can go wrong when it doesn't heal correctly. And then the most important thing is that adult stem cells can be harvested from your own fat or muscle or bone marrow, or they can even be donated from a tissue donor, and they have great potential to be used to treat diseases such as heart disease and stroke, even arthritis and bone healing problems, and many other problems. And those are known as cell-based therapies, and we're really only beginning to understand all the potential uses that they may have. So, Dr. Uh, Earhart, tell us what are some of the more exciting developments you've seen in your uh, stem cell research? So, our research at Colorado State University centers on limb preservation, which is the ability to save the legs or limbs of people and even companion animals like dogs or cats whose limbs are at risk of amputation from either infection or trauma or the removal of large parts of their bone or muscle from a cancer, per se. So we're working on regenerating large segments of bone or muscle that have been lost for one of those reasons. And one of the most exciting areas of research for us has been finding out that stem cells from your fat tissue are really, really good at forming bone and muscle when you put them in the right environment. And another area of work that's very exciting for us is the ability that stem cells have to treat infections, actually. So stem cells have a a strong antibacterial effect that allows them to treat infections, especially ones that are on the surface of internal implants. We don't know exactly how that works yet, and we're trying very hard to drill down on the mechanism of this and the means with which we might be able to use that quality of stem cells to overcome infections that are resistant to antibiotics, for example. And as you know, resistance to antibiotics is a big concern in human health today. 
with more and more people dealing with resistant staph infections, for example, that aren't even sensitive to any antibiotics. We need to find these solutions that don't rely on antibiotics to treat those types of infections. Dr. Eric, just to, uh, for our audience, just help them a little bit. Uh, how are stem cells harvested? When you say they're taken from fat, what, what would be the processes you would do in an animal or, or certainly obviously in a human situation? In a human situation, the typical way they would be harvested from fat is by lipoaspirate. So, for example, if somebody having a tummy tuck or something of that nature where fat can be aspirated from an area in the body that's just under the fat that's just existing under the skin. In an animal, it's a very similar procedure. Um, just removing a small amount of fat, in many cases maybe a cup full of fat from an area under the skin, can harvest enough stem cells. Um, and if those stem cells are either harvested and separated from the other cells that are in that tissue or even expanded in culture, they can be used to treat a number of different conditions if they're in the right environment. It's interesting. You know, I think that we're finding new use. And certainly I, I would say that uh, many of us are concerned, and certainly in the popular press and politics today, is how stem cells are obtained. And, and usually the, th- the methodology of where they come from is really, unfortunately, has great political impact these days. And so the, the, the ability to find stem cells from readily available tissue on either an individual, either an allograft, a donor, or certainly you know same individual like fat is very exciting to all. Because certainly that opens the realm of possibility where individual patients are accessible to this. You know, we go back to the old uh, bone marrow transplant where, you know, if a patient has, unfortunately, a serious cancer and requires extensive chemotherapy or loss of their bone marrow, you know, when we, we search forever and ever with registries to try to find compatible donors, when we have that availability of tissue from your, you know, from, from essentially your own body, uh, that that's that opens the possibilities to everybody. So it's so true, and and even the possibility of being able to bank your own stem cells for the future. This is Sports Medicine Weekly, and our guest is Dr. Nicole Earhart, professor of surgical oncology at Colorado State University. I'm Steve Cashel with uh, Dr. Chuck Bush Joseph filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole, and um, so Dr. Earhart, where do you see stem cell treatments ahead in the future? There are so many potential uses for stem cell in medicine, it's almost hard to predict what area is going to take off first in, the, in terms of the most promising. Um, there are certainly clinical trials underway for the use of stem cells in all different kinds of diseases, ranging from aging to heart attack to blindness to cancer. Um, one area of great interest is in the area of arthritis, um, in uh, inflammatory conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis and even degenerative conditions, just overuse. You know, um, and the use of stem cells to treat those conditions is very, very promising. Ultimately, though, the holy grail, I think, of stem cell use will be to regenerate whole organs or even body parts. And that may be closer than we think in that the scaffolds of organs can actually be printed by 3D 3D printing. And using techniques similar to uh, some of the research that we're doing to reanimate muscles and, and other uh, tissues, stem cells can be seeded onto those 3D scaffolds and induced to function like the original organ, which then eventually could be transplanted into a recipient. Um, and there's still, of course, many challenges to that, but that they aren't insurmountable, and many great minds are working on that issue. What would you say, Nicole? Where are we closest to clinical applicability? Where, you know, where is the? Where do you think the first treatments will be readily used in in, in, in general medicine today? Do you think it is in the heart, or is it solid organs, or is it the peripheral musculoskeletal system? Well, you know, I think that's a hard one to 
to predict because I think it, there are so many um, parallel clinical trials that are happening right now. But I think um, as a general sort of thematic, um, you know, thematic uh, medical application, I think they'll be used as an adjunct to other therapies right now to help either damp down inflammation or aid in other things that are available to us now to help with um, existing therapies as we know, as we begin to understand the great potential of these cells. And then as we understand a little bit more about the detail of how these can be used and harvested and uh, their potential can be harvested, I think we'll be able to see them begin to be used on their own in terms of, for example, organ replacement, even joint replacement, things like that. You know, I have one last question for you, Dr. Earhart. You know, unfortunately, with these types of advancements in medicine, we see some people trying to jump ahead of the curve. And sometimes, actually, we see lots of stem cell clinics advertised in the back of airline magazines. How would you, how would you advise our listeners to take uh, some of these lay advertisements you see in the lay press? Right. I think there's been a lot of excitement about the potential of stem cells, but I think, unfortunately, the hype is far ahead of the science in many of these cases. And I think I would be very cautious and advise people to do your research, talk to your doctors, get a lot of opinions about the you know stem cell applications in clinics, especially like the kind that you see advertised in, in places that you mentioned. Really understand what you're, what you're signing up for, exactly what the evidence is. Because as we begin to develop evidence-based medicine, what I think people will understand is that, is that some of what we've been excited about isn't quite ready for human clinical application yet. We're very, very close. A lot of the things that we see in terms of the potential of stem cells still need to be studied in terms of their safety and their efficacy, and I think we need to just use caution as we leap forward into this new, very exciting era, but I think we're still on the cusp of understanding exactly how and why they need to be used in, in the human population as well as in animals. Wonderful information, Dr. Earhart. Really appreciate you joining us uh, this Saturday on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Dr. Nicole Earhart, Professor of Surgical Oncology, Colorado State University. Back with more of our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, after these messages on ESPN Radio. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. Correct alignment and good posture are keys to health and performance. AlignMed, a science and clinical test-based company, addresses this fundamental wellness need through its revolutionary line of products. Wearing AlignMed will dynamically train muscles and joints, strengthen and improve posture performance and prevent injury. Elite professional athletes, leading doctors, physical therapists, active adults, and everyday workers already enjoy the benefits. And all you have to do to feel and look better is wear AlignMed. That's why we say AlignMed. Get in. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car... 
pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit Athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's foot Football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team. Always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of DJOGlobal.com. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. This is Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago's premier sports medicine program. We come your way each and every Saturday morning from 8.30 to 9, only on ESPN 1000. Our producer, board operator, George Katsarillos. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel, and subbing for Dr. Brian Cole. This week is Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. So, Dr. Chuck, thanks again for... uh, Subbing for Dr. Brian Cole, we appreciate you stepping in uh, today. And um, I want to ask you what's going on in uh, in your office at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. We're kind of entering, uh, you know, close to that winter season. We're into the high school fall sports. You get a lot of the high school athletes and uh, any trends or anything coming through the door? Well, Steve, thanks for thanks for getting me up this Saturday. And uh, yeah, this is where, you know, we're transitioning from the high school fall season and just about entering into the winter season. So this is the time of year where we're starting to unfortunately see more injuries. Uh, we're coming off football season and we got lots of ACL tears and uh, the girls are starting to start, uh, basketball starting to slowly ramp up and wrestling. So uh, we're at that time where we've got the you know, sort of the remnants of the fall sports, which is unfortunately a lot of ACL injuries, a lot of shoulder injuries, and we're starting into the stress fracture season again for the indoor athletes, like the basketball players who are, are starting to run a lot. And they're running on hard. Explain surfaces. that, would you? What you know, if 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 a parent notices, or how can we notice a stress fracture? You know, like when like uh, when we've talked about in the past about the marathon season, a stress fracture is an overuse injury where you're overloading a, 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 a tissue segment. And usually uh, uh, when we say stress fracture, you're overloading the bone. The most common area is the tibia or the shin bone. And usually you're just you're impact loading and you're loading harder and faster than the body can actually turn over and heal damaged cells. And so we, the analogy of a stress fracture is a little bit like taking a paperclip. A paperclip is made out of steel or metal, and it's generally very hard. But if you take that paperclip and keep bending it back and forth and back and forth, eventually it'll break. Right. And so the same thing with bone health. And so we see the young athlete, certainly the young female athlete, more common than the male athlete, and they're they're running. They're trying to increase their aerobic activity. Uh, their body may not have fully matured yet because they're still young and they're growing. Their hormones are changing, uh, and they're much more susceptible to these types of stress fracture injuries. So usually, it's going to present as increasing bone pain without a traumatic event, without joint swelling. Uh, 
So the joint will be able to move. They'll have normal motion of their knee or their ankle. They'll have local tenderness, not over the joint, but over the bone itself, either upper end of the tibia or lower end of the tibia or shin bone. They'll, they'll become exquisitely tender to the touch. And then the key point when I think they warrant evaluation is when they start to limp. So if they're not bearing weight and not walking normally and they're limping and they can't walk clean where they land heel, toe, and roll over or have what physicians would say a normal gait, that gets us nervous. And that's something that it certainly if it doesn't resolve over the course of a couple of days, I think should require evaluation. Do you do surgery on stress fractures? No, the majority of stress fractures, better than 90% of them, don't require surgery. There are a few that do. And the one, the most common one you hear about, especially in football season, is we're kind of three-quarters of the way through, the Jones fracture, which is a stress fracture of the fifth metatarsal, or that small knuckle bone on the outside of the foot. That one doesn't heal well, and oftentimes we've got to put a screw in that one. So the one, the most serious stress fracture, is a stress fracture of the upper end of the femur, up in the hip. So if your daughter or your son is having groin pain as a result of an overuse you know, uh, uh, an overuse-type picture or a stress fracture-type picture uh, without a traumatic event, and they're having groin pain and they're having difficulty bearing weight, we consider that more of a surgical emergency. And that's one that you should evaluate because if they go on and complete that stress fracture in the upper end of the femur, that can have lifelong consequence. So while stress fractures of the tibia, generally, you know, you back off, you cut back, you stop running and stop your aerobic impact and kind of go to a non-impact manner, if it's groin pain, uh, that we think is something that's really a red flag that parents, students, and athletes should get evaluated much more quickly. You brought up uh, ACL tears. Again, we're visiting with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, something this week for Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel. Dr. Chuck is a head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, an orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. So ACL tears, and uh, we saw it in week five uh, of the NFL season against the Bears, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back Jamal Charles. Uh, and it's funny because since I've been doing this show so long now with, with Dr. Cole, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> And I don't want to pretend that I know anything about what you guys do on the medical side, but I can. I feel like I can almost recognize an ACL tear now. I'm sitting with my family watching the Bears game, and Jamal Charles um, tears the ACL in his right knee. And I said, you know, when he went down, it was, again, a non-contact injury. We've seen it with Derrick Rose. We've seen it so often now, and it's horrible, and I feel so bad for the individual that it happens to but you know and I, I i can't diagnose it but i saw it and i said i bet you that's an acl tear and winds up the next day it is an acl tear why are they so easy to, to diagnose now well two reasons steve number one you i've always found you'd be a keen observer of pop culture <laughs> Thank and now you. i'm going to consider you a keen observer of medicine so you're right i mean it, it is something once you sort of seen it a couple of times once you as in physicians we say you hear that murmur oh you recognize it right away and unfortunately in jamal's case it was a second acl and uh, jamal joined the same club that I'm a member of, unfortunately, a bilateral ACL. Uh, I tore both of my ACLs. They were about five years apart. And, and you come to play, why did this happen? You know, I, I, he had he tore, injured his first knee, and I saw his first knee. It was against the Detroit Lions about four or five years ago. Yeah. Non-contact injury on, on artificial turf. They're usually a, non-contact, aren't they? Better than 80% are non-contact. The, uh, the, the old terrible triad, we would say, where you get cut by, in soccer or by football player, where somebody clips you, where they get the terrible triad. It's actually re- relatively rare, probably less than 5%. So overwhelmingly, the majority are non-contact or in female soccer in high school, you know, players are running side by side. I got one foot planted. A girl hits me in my upper body, and so it kind of gives me a distortion, and I can't recover from it, and I get this twisting-type event. 
In Jamal's case, it's unfortunate. And so Jamal's got the double-edged sword. I've got to recover from I got another year full of recovery. But the thing we've talked about before, he's got that serious psychological problem. I got hurt again. And, and I got to tell you, that's, it's something, it's a very difficult thing that all athletes at all levels have to face. That, that second injury or that second surgery where all of it, it's much more of a mental challenge than it is a physical challenge. So what I've learned from this show is that when that ACL is repaired, it's usually stronger than the other knee, which has yet, let's say that you haven't had the bilateral, right? Um, like you know, like Derek Rose had the uh, had the had the ACL tear. Um, that knee is now stronger than the other knee. Correct? No, Steve. I, I, I we would like to think that, but unfortunately, yeah? it's not the case. So, okay. You know, if we just look at the but that the chances of reoccurring ACL in that same knee compared to the other knee. That's where you are correct. And I, uh, I would say it's true that once I'm six months or a year out from ACL surgery and I've done well, I've probably got about a three to four percent chance that I'm going to re tear my knee. So okay. I injured my left knee, three to th- maybe three or four percent chance I'll re tear Very that small chance. I've probably got about a five to six percent chance I'm going to tear my other knee. I would think it would be higher than that. It's it, only five well, to six? Well, it's, it, the numbers look at, if you look at patients on a global basis, probably about 8 to 10% will have suffered a bilateral ACL, okay. where they'll tear one and a couple of years later they'll tear other. And reason being, well, it goes back to why toward the first one. I've got characteristics in terms of how I run, how I cut, the shapes of my bones, the width of my hip, the strength of my hamstrings relative to my quadriceps. There's a lot of factors that come into play as to why these people become bilateral ACL as opposed to the 80, 85, 90% of unilateral ACLs. Very interesting. That's that's good. I like that. Well, the, the, it goes to that. I mean, you see a popularity now of Athletico and some of our physical therapy providers nowadays of why we do all this ACL prevention. In the ACL prevention programs, have been shown that a girl, a young high school girl, who's probably got a six to eight percent greater chance of tearing her ACL than an equal age boy. We can mitigate that risk to a certain degree with our training pro- with these training programs or these ACL prevention programs. So that's something we certainly advocate or recommend to our parents of, of our young athletes, certainly at a high school age. That's when we've got the greatest chance of intervening and preventing injury. Uh, so I, I would suggest uh, uh, our listeners consider that if, if you have young daughters in that age group. And what about when, when these young athletes, and I'm sure you see them, okay, whether the young high school girl or the young high school boy goes through you know, a couple of surgeries, let's say one in each knee. Uh, you have to play mental coach a little bit because I'm sure the parents are going nuts with the kid. It's the worst for the kid, right? You know, it's such a, it's a mental trauma. You know, the, the, you know, the, clearly the, the, the young athlete can handle the physical challenge. They, they injured themselves. They went through a surgery. They went through all the rehabilitation necessary to get back out on the field and the skill to compete. And then they injure themselves again. We know physically they can handle it again. Mentally, it becomes very difficult. And mentally, they become fatigued. It's a little bit of a battle fatigue like soldiers to a point. You know, how often do I want to keep getting into this? And and many times when athletes will say to me, without their parents around, I'm just tired of getting hurt. I'm Mm. tired of treatment. And then, then that's a difficult conversation I try to have to have with the parents away from this athlete. And and I tell them, you know, your son or daughter is telling me they're just tired of getting hurt. It's time to let them be a recreational athlete. Uh, Let them participate in intramurals. But their days of competing at a high level, they're just tired of getting injured. All right, time to take a break. Great stuff from Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. I'm Steve Cashel. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. Back with more after this on ESPN Radio. 
The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. Reading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, L-Source helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about L-Source or allografts, please visit llsource.org. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across four Chicagoland locations, with a new location in northwest Indiana coming soon. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Well, that will do it for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarillos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Back to do it again next week. We'll see you then. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. 